Welcome to the Evolved Nest. We talk about child development, human flourishing, morality, and society. You're welcome to follow us at www.evolvednest.org. I'm Mary Tarsha, and I'm here with Dr. Darsha Narvaez. Thank you for joining us again. And today we're going to be talking about basic needs. So what are basic needs and why are they important? I think most people, uh, when they think of basic needs, also think of uh, Abraham Maslow and his hierarchy of basic needs. He was dissatisfied with behaviorism and psychoanalysis in mid-century uh, USA, uh, dominating the discussion about human nature, human needs, and relying on animal studies. And so he described instead what flourishing looked like, what self-actualization work looked like, but also then, which we'll talk about later, uh, but also the way that certain needs must be met in order for people to reach self-actualization. And he couldn't find a lot of research with humans on this and so looked for, through literature, autobiography, uh, looked at his acquaintances, and came up with some ideas. And so his categories of basic needs are physiological needs. And so there's he's kind of vague about that because homeostasis is a physiological um, set of uh, systems that provide homeostasis. And he didn't want to get too specific about it because of the uh, nature of, um, well, he was actually, what he said was, uh, in a modern society, you wouldn't see too much of the physiological needs not being met, uh, which in our work, uh, we find that's not true mm -hmm. anymore mm -hmm. because of the medicalized birth and the cry it out sleep training and isolation of babies. You actually get a very messed up physiology that's very stress reactive. And all the toxins in the environment yes. that you're ingesting from the time you're conceived. <laughs> yes, right. So, so many factors that mess up physiology. But anyway, so his first category is physiological needs. And then there was safety needs. And these were um, a sense of security, stability, protection, freedom from fear, anxiety, and chaos. He also thought that these were met in a modern society, hmm. uh, which again, it doesn't seem to be true anymore. So uh, his third category was belongingness and love needs. He often talked about these, uh, the way people pre present them is that they're hierarchical, right? That first physiology, then safety. And we're, I'm f suggesting, and we'll talk about that more later in a different program, that actually all these need to be met in babyhood for the baby to grow well all at once. So belongingness and love needs are the next one uh, that uh, these are things that, again, affect adjustment and your well-being, esteem needs, feeling uh, competent, feeling uh, self-confidence. Those are things that are required for uh, flourishing, for well-being. And then finally, self-actualization needs, which are fulfillment of one's own nature. And he says, if a person's going to be ultimately at peace with himself, what a person can be, he must be. He must be true to his own nature. So that's the kind of hmm. self-actualization. That's what he means by that. And so I'm, I'm uh, taking the information I'm presenting from a book, a recent book called Basic Needs, Well-Being, and Morality 
fulfilling human potential, uh, which my that students and I yeah. put together, <laughs> yes. Uh, and so we uh, took the list of uh, from Maslow as an inspiration, but then looked at Susan Fisk's bucket list, where she put them into five categories, belonging, and this is based on her work, her review of social psychology research, belonging, understanding, control, self-enhancement, and trust. And these are uh, the bucket list. And what we did was we created a measure uh, to try to put them all into one assessment, one measurement tool, because most of them were separately measured. And we thought, well, why don't we just make a short measure that includes them all? And so that's what Rebecca Noble, Angela Kurth, and I did. And we uh, created the Basic Needs Satisfaction Survey, and we found that it the greater, well, it, it, there's two components, two subscales to it, what we call discouragement when your basic needs are not met, and um, effectance when your basic needs are met. And we found that the effectance was related to better mental and physical health, and that discouragement was related to worse mental and physical health. So I think that's interesting to begin with. I mean, when you talk about um, Maslow's needs and then the bucket list and then the new measure that you have developed uh, with your colleagues, you know, it might be surprising uh, to some of our listeners that, yeah, all of these are just not kind of a given within childhood or within um, infancy that, you know, they, they sound like the title of the book, very basic. <laughs> and so if you could go into a little bit about um, exactly maybe how those are undermined or what it looks like to have some of those uh, not met. So what we in our lab study is the evolved nest, right? And the evolved nest provides for those basic needs. So you get a sense of, of well, you get your physiology well-regulated because you're connected to your caregivers all the time. You're carried all the, of most of the time in childhood, early childhood, and you're breastfed on request, and you have a sense then of, of feeling um, not only safe, um, physiologically safe, um, but also psychologically safe, and you feel like you belong, that you're loved, and you feel uh, you're allowed to grow your competence without interference as a child and, and test your, your abilities. And then over time, of course, you develop, uh, you're encouraged to develop your uniqueness, your spirit, your self-actualization. So it's part of our heritage, what I argue, in our pre-civilized kinds of societies, uh, particularly small band hunter-gatherers, uh, where you're just part of the earth and you're part of a community and, and what helps you flourish is what happens. Mm, yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, even that uh, understanding that so many of the things that you talk about that are fundamental, that they're basic needs, you know, that might even be some new information. Right? Yeah. So we've kind of moved away from all that uh, in civilization just degraded nest over the last centuries and millennia probably where we started to control um, the needs of children and try to minimize what we give them and, and just keep them alive, you know, so they can be good workers. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, for infant formula keeps them alive. Yeah. They're not very smart afterwards, but, you know, <laughs> they'll do their work and they'll be content with just sitting in a cubicle. So in a way we've, we've designed human 
childhoods for being uh, happy or being uh, at least not complaining about the kind of society we've created, which is all about work and control and manipulation and isolation and individualism and undermining community in the sense of uh, spontaneity, of enjoyment, uh, all kind of degraded in the wrong direction. So, but that's a very long <laughs> argument. People are going to say, what? I love my, I love my iPod. I love, you know, working. I love it. I love it. Yeah, because that's what you've been trained to love. Right, right, so. right, right. Yeah, and it's also a different mindset, too. You know, if we've talked about in other places, and I know uh, we, we're writing on this as well, just the understanding that if it's a basic need, say breastfeeding, for example. So when the infant or child wants to to nurse, wants to suckle, it's not like, what a demanding infant, you know, <laughs> that this is really a fundamental basic need that they're asking for, right? Yes. Uh, it's not a selfish baby. <laughs> right. And, it's, and especially the picking up and being connected, mm. carried around and rocked and being on the body of the caregiver, that particularly is annoying, apparently, to people mm. who don't want to be touched. Uh, if you've avoid, uh, created, developed avoidant attachment because you didn't get touched very much, you don't want to have a baby on you, mm. especially if the medicalized birth went wrong and they, they kind of inter- undermine the bonding there. Uh, and so, you know, it's like, oh, just grow <laughs> on your own, you know, be a plant. <laughs> don't oh, bother no. me. <laughs> right, right, right. But these are fundamental basic needs. And yes. of course, you love your child and as you wouldn't deprive good nutrition, right, uh, to your infant. It's this in the child is the same thing that these are within the same um, importance, right? Yeah. These basic needs. So yeah. I think people forget what children need. They've forgotten it. And I, people from traditional societies would roll their eyes and couldn't believe it that you need a book to help you figure out how to raise a child because <laughs> we've forgotten so much. So uh, Jean Leadloff talks about that. There's a video of her. She wrote The Continuum Concept. And she was with uh, the Yaquana of South America for some years and observed and then wrote about their way they raised children. And she was ashamed to even mention that people in the United States use books hmm. and asked experts for advice on how to raise children. They would She would just be ridiculed and, and disrespected mm-hmm. after that. Uh-huh. There's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> because there's just so much knowledge within the community and with uh, between generations. Is That's that... right. And you you grow up with children around you and you see what people are doing, breastfeeding on request, carrying the children all the time and meeting their needs without and enjoying it instead of, you know, uh, crank, being cranky and, you know, I got other things to do instead of taking care of you, right? No, the whole life is around community. So it's a family, community, relational life. Mm-hmm. which we've kind of undermined on purpose so that people will do their work. Hmm. Yeah, really interesting. Yeah. It's a whole new way of thinking about basic needs and human nature, really. Yeah, so we've undermined human nature, in my view. So we, in this book, also talk about basic needs satisfaction and its relation to childhood experience. So we find that um, we can find correlations between the nest and basic needs fulfillment, and adulthood. And um, especially the negative climate and corporal punishment lead to the the discouragement aspect of mm. um, <clears throat> basic needs, unfulfillment, really. And so... So can you say that again? So lacking a nest... So if we ask adults about what they experienced 
uh, in terms of the evolved nest in their childhood. And we ask them, we can do this with only six questions. We can ask them, were you corporally punished? Were you affectionate? How much were you corporally punished? How much were you affectionately touched? Um, and then how much play, free play, did you get inside and outside the home? And how much family togetherness inside and outside the home? And then we ask also about climate, so that's another. So how often did you feel these emotions in your home? So the negative ones would be um, anger, dread, that kind of thing. Humiliation, right? Yes. And then the positive ones would be joy, serenity. Expansiveness. Yes. And then those things predict. So how much they say they experienced... um, so those unsupported childhood experiences, emotion, and we also ask about emotional punishment, negative climate, and then we also ask about ACEs, adverse childhood experiences. Those predicted uh, or are correlated at least with discouragement. And the uh, positive supportive experiences of social embeddedness, self-directed play, having a responsive caregiver, affectionate touch, positive climate are uh, were um, positively correlated with the effectance they reported in adulthood. Mm, yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I remember just recently presenting on um, some of the NEST components and, and those measures. And one thing that um, I really love about it is when you're asking adults about their childhood experience, you are... Uh, relying upon um, their memories and their perceptions. And I think that's really upholding the dignity of what they experienced, right? Um, Because uh, perception is important and how you experienced it is important. And so in that measure, you're taking that into consideration. That's right. So we can't go back into their home and follow them for 20 years or yeah go back in time (laughs) right but in a sense it's more important what that individual perceives to have experienced right right? internally emotionally what emotions were going on yeah 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 so it's important uh those emotional experiences within the home that they're reporting back on and and are very strong predictors here that's right so um we found that the uh, experience of, we asked them also, we created a measure of basic needs history in childhood. What did they think they experienced using the same kind of items, but then asked them in childhood, what did you experience? And that was, the scores on that were related to depression now hmm. and were rela- related to well being now. So the more of your basic needs that are met in childhood, the more likely you are not going to be depressed and have positive well-being, right? That's right. Uh, To say it in a different way. (laughs) That's right. And so I think maybe we'll do another show on the Baby Bill of Rights, which Mm. I think is important as part of the basic needs. Yes, I think that's a really large topic that we'll we'll talk about next time. So thank you so much for, for joining us and helping us understand more about our basic needs. And we look forward to... Uh, being with you next time.